Birds with Friends is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Zach, did you know that NFL ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? I do now. You do now. GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. And Zach, I know you are a, a big musical theater fan, and GameTime doesn't just have sports tickets. They have music and theater tickets as well. Even better. There you go. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. To your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing, Sheila, the cut, picking it cooler than two penguins. Till Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell, shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill. It's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo and Shukapadia coming at you. With stats and things flapping their wings. Now I'm gonna have the rest of my life with these kids. Wow. Get, we gotta get that in a drop uh, immediately. Let's edit that one out. That didn't come out quite There's no editing. No, no editing yeah, on this that's podcast. That's the one with Birds with Friends. No editing. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It is 2.35 local time, 3.35 East Coast time. Bo Wolf here, Zach Berman there, sitting on the couch in my hotel room where the Eagles have suffered a 31 to, 31 to 10 dismantling, 37. 37 to 10 dismantling at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. And you and I have barely survived a carry of on Eric. This has been a very interesting night, to say the least. I guess we should talk about the night before we talk about the game. I guess we, I guess we should. It was, I think it was more eventful. Eagles, it was more eventful, <laughs> and Eagles fans, I think, uh, could probably use the, uh, the early distraction from uh, what happened at AT&T Stadium. So you might have seen on the news that there were tornadoes in the Dallas area. You're, you're no-selling my Kerry Von Erich, huh? You have no idea what that means? No, I, I did not know that reference. Kerry Von Erich, a wrestler from the 90s, Oh. Who went by the nickname the Texas Tornado? <laughs> okay, well then we saw it firsthand. There you go, Kerry Von Erich with a decisive victory over me tonight. But anyway, go ahead. So it was said in the press box. I'm I'm sitting there writing. You're sitting there writing, and it was said you have to get out of here in the next 25 minutes, <laughs> or else you're stuck here until the storm passes. Right. And we had intended to do our writing. Return to the hotel and do the the podcast, uh, and we both looked at each other and we're like, "Let's try to beat this." And thankfully, Rudy, the driver, Rudy had a very durable pickup truck, and uh, we got in with Rudy and Jimmy Kemsky. Yep, and we braved the tornado. There were a few points where we hid under the overpass. We drove past the uh, baby topless place <laughs> we did they had wi-fi <laughs> they had wi-fi 
And it was, uh, I had never been in a tornado before. Okay. So as Rudy told us, this wasn't a tornado. We just mm-hmm. got the 70 mile per hour winds yeah, that accompany nothing. it. Yeah, that's just, it's just, just a Texas, Texas life storm. in Texas for you. Um, but it was, it was an experience. And uh, I have now, I, I wrote part of my story column in the stadium, in Rudy's car. Uh, at various points of the drive, mm-hmm. both during, both while we were stopped, while we were dropping off Jimmy Kemsky, and at the hotel. So this has been a very fragmented writing experience. Well, it's been fun. We made it through. We made it through. You know, I thought, you know, that would have been a tough way to go. <laughs> to say the least. It Especially was, after such a bad Although case. it was explained to us that the safest place for us to be during the tornado would be at at and Well, that's Stadium. true, yeah. Yes. We just wouldn't know when, we'd be, when we would leave. And to uh, to add insult to uh, heavy winds, after Rudy drops us off, I get to my hotel room and realize I left my phone in Rudy's car. <laughs> so uh, at some point during this podcast, you may get a phone call from Linda. From Linda, okay. Who now Rudy has driven the phone back to Linda, <laughs> and Linda is now going to be dr- going to be driving the phone to us, and so uh, it is with great. Pleasure and uh, esteem that I induct both Rudy and Linda into the Wing of Honor for their efforts on this evening. So that sets up the night that we've had. <laughs> and before that, we happened to watch a football game that uh, I think was the worst loss of the Doug Peterson era. I agree. I, I, uh, I turned to you in the middle of this game and said, is this the worst loss of the Doug Peterson era? And, and I believe that it is. Yes. Uh, certainly the Saints game from last season was maybe a bit more of a demonstrative one-sided beatdown. Uh, but that was a game that you did not expect the Eagles to be competitive yeah. in in some sense. That team, the Saints team, was rolling at the time. It's a tough place to go and play. That was the Eagles less, had no one at cornerback, basically. Right. That, was yeah. not, that was not an altogether unexpected outcome. No. Uh, this was just across-the-board heinous. Yes. And I think you can say that uh, this, this game has many, uh, what is it, um, failure has, what's the, success has many fathers, or what, how does it go? <laughs> yeah, success has, has many fathers, and, and, and failure is an orphan. Okay, yeah. well, I think there are many fathers of this failure. Uh, so, I mean, you've got players who are mm-hmm. not playing well and executing as they should. You've got a coaching staff that is not putting those players in positions to succeed, and you've got a front office staff that has not given the coaches with a a talented enough roster. Um, So it is uh, across the board tonight, I think, was a good example of uh, basically everything wrong that you can do. And uh, on top of that, the teams in the past always had a, a certain amount of, like, Fight, that intangible characteristic. And this team, and it's, it's pretty consistent now, just well, back-to-back look... Back-to-back games, at least. Yeah, just just looks overmatched and uninterested at times. I think uninterested is and a fair way to just, describe uh, Just doesn't... That if, if the 2017 team was considered so likable then i got to imagine this team is considered unlikable in, in, in just the way they go about it. I think that's it. right. And, and they're, also, they're also boring. Like, the offense yeah. is boring. 
they're they're losing in the same ways. There's no there's no like week to week improvement on the things that they're struggling with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, like it, all these losses are the same. It's really really sad. Yes. Uh, and I think you know. So, it, so I was gonna. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Go on. Well, I mean, listen. It is on the one hand, it is hard to divorce this from what we know. Uh, what what happened last year? A team that you know was on the map and was able to get back mm-hmm. up. And so uh, you want to keep in mind the fact that Doug Peterson has a history of keeping these teams together and this this. Locker room has a history of of bouncing back from things like this and staying resilient. But at the same time, it's hard not to wonder, you know, was last year a bit of a false positive? Uh, You know, that that team doesn't even get into the playoffs if Kirk Cousins can win a game at home against the the Mm -hmm. Chicago Bears. It wasn't even necessarily their doing, right? Um, And if they had not made it into the playoffs, would the team have looked at the roster in – you know, healthier eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, would they have not been so midnight green colored their glasses? And like we we talked last week, I think on the beat back and forth about like, does this team have like this 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 pathological desire to uh, prove what it can bounce back from? Like, it's like they don't take things seriously <laughs> until they absolutely yep. have to. And you know, this week, like. The Doug Peterson guarantee mm-hmm. on Monday, and then the coming in all loosey goosey on Friday, all this sort of manufactured bravado that is not earned, is I think starting to starting to be, you know, if I'm an Eagles fan, it's 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 gonna piss me off. Yes, I mean, uh, I look at and this is what I I wrote that I thought last week you can kind of chalk up to a bad day. You know, they they just – they were beaten. Minnesota was hot. I think tonight was more the, – the concern tonight is more they're a bad team. Um, and I – and that's what I was asking some players as it started to kind of sink in. Was this a bad night or or is this a bad team? And how do you tell the difference? And to me, you tell the difference by um, – are they isolated problems? And the answer is is no. Like when you fall in the ten point deficits, six of seven games, unbelievable. That's that says something. Like that is revealing. And when you keep finding, you know, when you when you're turning the ball over, when you're committing penalties on third downs, that's a characteristic of bad teams. And I I think a lot of of what we keep falling back to that. You know, this is a talented team. It's a deep team. Um, they've been here before. It's looking at what they've done in the past. But but let's be honest: two years is a long time in football years. And I no, that's th- right. And I, I I I think you put it, you know, really well when, as, as well as I've heard anyone put it, frankly, when you asked what have they added since that team, and all they seem to me is to be two years older in a yeah. lot of these spots. There, there aren't that many guys out there who like are upgrades or even comparable to what they were then. And then there are some positions, and I'll, I'll single out linebacker, where the organizational neglect is catching up to them. Um, the Cowboys were clearly going. I think wide at, receiver falls under that. Yes, spell as well. 
The Cowboys were clearly targeting the Eagles linebackers, um, something we discussed on the podcast Friday. What are they going to do? Uh, I was talking to, to Nate Gary afterwards, and, and, and Nate was a stand-up guy about it. He said that, you know, he, he, he said exactly how they played. And when I asked him, were they targeting the linebackers? He said they were in a lot of 21 personnel, and we struggled against 21 personnel. And to, to, to kind of explain, I think our listeners know, but if you don't, when you're in 21 personnel, what you're trying to do is keep the defense in base. And when you keep the defense in base, that means right. they have T.J. Edwards, Nate Gary, and Camus Grusher Hill in the field. And, uh, you know, that they were running play action out of it. They, they were – it was – I haven't rewatched the game yet, but when I was watching it, it was like they were doing a lot yeah. intermediate stuff to pick on the linebackers. Yeah, there weren't, there weren't a ton of sh- shots deep. On the on these cornerbacks, uh, you know, but they still hit. They still, they hit. still hit a few. Yeah, let's not get it twisted. But that did that was not their their primary no. game plan. Now at the same time, I mean, let's let's start at the beginning in this game mm-hmm. because I think the decision by Doug Peterson to the Eagles win the toss and he opts to receive to open the game. I think that is such a transparently rabbit-eared and, like, just pathetic decision, I think, because you, we know that it's not a huge difference, but mm-hmm. there, is a, there is a little bit of an advantage to deferring and getting the ball at the second, at the, to start the second half because you, you potentially get a chance uh, to double dip on possessions, right? And we know that that's the right process. Doug Peterson knows it's the right process. He's been doing it for four years. He's once before, right, in 2016, he opted to... to the Cincinnati game, which was one of well, the three worst losses they've well, had. Well, there you go. So maybe that tells you all you need to know. But, you know, earlier this week he said maybe he'll think about that because he's, uh, he's so concerned about these, these first quarter starts. He essentially conceded that he was going to do it. Which is, I think that is so, so weak. And what happens... They get the ball, and they turn the ball over immediately. I think that's like, you know, that's a, that's a gift from the football gods. And so, okay, Cowboys drive right down, go 7 nothing. Next possession, second snap, Lane Johnson gives up a sack to Demarcus Lawrence for the first time. Carson Wentz fumbles the ball away. The Cowboys get it, and they score two plays later, and it's 14 nothing. Yep. Five minutes into the game, six minutes into the game, they're down 14 nothing, despite getting the ball to start with. And that was like, it's, it's just, you know, how more, how, more, how more imperfect could it possibly be? Yeah, I, and you explained it well because they, they fall back. Wait, I just, I hate that decision so much. I'm allowed to say this in real time, right? Uh, I just got a text. I'm leaving the stadium now from Linda. Oh, baby. Linda, my hero. So, I hope I've got enough. I got a little bit of cash that I can that I can <laughs> give her. Okay, sorry about that. I just my hero. To give, I yeah, this is part of the that's part of the podcast. But, but that we, is important. That may be so how we close the start the, to the, close game. the show. And uh, and and look, I mean, if if the if they don't pick up the flag on the pass interference or this what was a potentially pass interference. They don't pick up that that on Alshon Jeffrey, which yeah. I did think was pass interference. Yeah, then the Eagles are in Cowboys territory on the opening drive. Maybe they score points and and they have a little momentum. But then the very next play, right, was the, was the guy. The very fumble. next play. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and then I did think that that was pass interference, but 
Yeah. Yeah. So so clearly the the change there hurt them. The butterfly effect. But the uh, the thing I'll point out though is what happened with Dallas is exactly why you defer because Dallas got the ball last. You know they they were able to set up. An improbable sixty-three yard field goal. Was it mm-hmm. sixty-three or sixty-two? Yes. Sixty-three. Sixty-three. I mean, they they hit it, yeah. and then they get the ball going yeah. to start the second half. So they didn't score at the start of the second half, but they're able to double up on possessions. Yeah, and that's why you try to defer. You try to steal that possession. Uh, so you are upset it's about him, it because like second you guessing it was, himself. You know, you've got to uh, you've got to way you do things. Mm-hmm. Why you're gonna you know? I just. Stick to what you do well, Doug. Yeah, and you know what? I can't even kill the defense. Well, I, I mean, the defense I, I was awful defense. in this game. No, they were no, terrible. But, I'm saying, but for the fourteen point, but I agree, I agree, yeah, because it was short fields. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, now, now they didn't particularly put up a valiant effort in trying no. to stop them there, but well, I mean, yeah. So the 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 Cowboys' possessions in this game: touchdown, touchdown, punt, touchdown, field goal, field goal, punt, field goal, interception, touchdown, punt. A lot of, that's a lot of scores. <laughs> uh, so, and then the other, I thought the other turning point in this game was, so the, the Cowboys go up 14-0. The Eagles, to their credit, drive down the field. With, with the help of with, penalties. With the help of a couple penalties. Uh, now, I, I saw some complaints about those penalties. I thought they were accurately called. Yeah, I mean, the Jalen Smith penalty, it, it wasn't roughing in the traditional sense. Like, it wasn't like a dirty hit. Yeah, but he hit him in the helmet. But he hit him in the he helmet. He can't hit yeah. the quarterback so in the I, helmet. So I think that's... that's everybody uh, knows that. Yes. Um, so they score, they score a touchdown on a, was a 29-yard pass to Dallas Goddard. Nice play by Dallas Very Goddard. Very nice play. A, a great pass by Carson. A great pass by Carson. The longest pass play to a non-Miles Sanders player since week two. Until Alshon and... Right. I'll sign a 30-yarder, yeah. Right, but at the time at it the was. At the time, yes. And then the defense forces a punt. So the, the Eagles get the ball back with a chance to tie the game mm-hmm. despite this horrific start. And Carson Wentz was dealing on the previous drive. And they go run, 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 punt. Now, uh, one or maybe two of those were checked to runs at the line of scrimmage by Carson. Still. The third down play was not. Okay. The third down that play. That was a Doug called Peterson, run by yeah, Doug? Yeah, Doug Peterson said they were playing soft zone. He liked that look. He said they have running plays in that look. I don't think that he especially appreciated the uh, question in that sense because it was like second-guessing his play calling. Well, Doug, but, maybe put the ball in your, <laughs> the, your best player's hands. The one guy on the entire team who has, like, played well this season. Mm-hmm. The yeah. only guy. Like, if it weren't for Carson Wentz, this team would be one and five. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was a bad six. sequence. That was a bad sequence there. Let him throw the ball, please. The, 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 the juxtaposition in this game of the Eagles trying to establish the run while being down multiple scores, while the Cowboys are throwing the ball up multiple scores, was, was, like, was too perfect. Would you have gone for that fourth and one? They yes. They were on a 19-yard line. Yes. Yeah. Um. I mean, if you I also it, wouldn't have run on third and four, but yeah. but you know, so so they got so they got one yard, not, five that yards. That was not dissimilar from the Saints game. Yeah, but. so they got one yard, five yards, three yards. You have a fourth and one, and you're 19, and yeah, they come I mean, away. Maybe maybe you know it's tough to go for fourth and one from your own 19. That's not great. You've already gifted the Cowboys two short fields on their previous two of their th- previous three possessions. But 
I don't know, maybe let, maybe let Carson Wentz throw the ball once there? Yes, I agree. And it was, it's um, pathetic. You know, that's, that's a good point. And um, I will ask Doug more about that sequence tomorrow. And can we get like a, a key, uh, key sequence in the game? Uh, speaking of rabbit ears, I don't, know if, I don't know if the anonymous complaint from last year of too much Ertz is finally, finally making its way to Doug Peterson. But where is Zach Ertz in this offense? Yes, yeah, so um, actually that's something I was asking a lot about uh, this past week because it, it, it did, wasn't targeted until the second yeah, half. It, it did stand out to me that um, two coaches now, uh, you know, the, after the Lions game, after the Vikings game, really talked about how their game plan was to take Ertz out of the game. And uh, Ertz is getting a lot of attention. Now, Ertz said today, Jeff McClain asked him, uh, you know, do you think you're getting targeted enough? And and it was the first question. And Zach Ertz, not Zach Berman, took like a. You could tell that he had to really compose yeah. himself because he didn't want to display any. Uh, you know, any complaints, but you can tell that he does not like. And he also said today, unlike the last few weeks, he was not seeing he was not seeing mm-hmm. special attention like yeah. lots of double teams. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it, I think it does uh, wear on him a little bit. So they had, overall in the game, 26 pass attempts. Five of them were uh, Ertz, were, were targeted to Ertz. Five targeted to Talshon. Four to Nelson Aguilar. Four to Dallas Goddard. Um, but, look, I mean, we spoke during the summer about trying to keep everyone happy. I don't think we anticipated it was going <laughs> to be like 190 yards. That nobody is going to be happy. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a problem. I mean, and if Ertz is getting this attention, who else is stepping up? Alshon Jeffrey had two catches for 38 yards. Yeah, led all wide receivers. It's not good enough. Dallas Goddard, he, I, I, he had a good game besides the costly fumble. Yeah. Well, um, Nelson yeah, Aguilar besides, yeah. continues to just really struggle. Um, and that's, I think, probably the lasting image of this game was the the long pass to Nelson Aguilar. The Eagles, I mean, listen, the Eagles are down, well, whatever, they were down 31-7 at the time, I think, or 30-7, to maybe it was even 37. I got these scores. There was such a boat race that I don't remember. I think it was 37-10 already at the time. And it would have been their longest play. Carson Wentz, you know, the team's down 27, and he's still delivering a long pass and getting hit as he throws. And it looks like, it looks like Nelson Aguilar could have made the play, and he sort of he sort of does this look at the ball alligator mm-hmm. arm can't get it now i do think that by the time the ball got to him it was it was uncatchable uh even though it looks less so on the tv copy i think it was a little bit past him i think the bigger problem is that he's not good tracking the ball to begin with down the field and so i think he could have turned his head around and adjusted his route earlier and gotten to the ball uh, but I don't think once he was there, he necessarily could have yeah. made the play. But it doesn't look good. No. And it is like, you know, listen, he is, a, he is an easy guy to pick on. And he's also, like, he's symptomatic of the problem with the team. Like, Deshaun Jackson goes down, and Nelson Aguilar is, like, the de facto replacement, and he can't do anything no. that Deshaun Jackson can do. No, Nelson's best in the slot, and clearly um, he struggles when you don't have that. But uh, it's not just best in the yeah. slot. I mean, he can't he can't make plays yeah. down the field. It's got to be he needs the he needs like the ball on quick slants, and then he can maybe do something after the catch. So to your point, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, decode Carson here a bit. 
Yeah, well, tell us what Carson said so, because this was I thought yeah, this was fascinating. Me too. I, I've been to probably 98% of Carson Wentz's press conferences when he's here. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, since he's been here. And uh, I think, you know, it, he's, he's not a guy who throws anyone under the bus. Um, but usually I can predict his answer. Okay? And when I asked him tonight, uh, did you think the effort was there? And what did you see on the play? What Carson said is, I thought we had a touchdown when I threw it. I didn't see the end result. I was on the ground when I threw it. I thought we had a good one there, but I've got to make a better throw, obviously, and hopefully get it in the end zone next I time. think that is telling. So it, the reason I think it's telling is because the answer that I think Carson will typically give is the last sentence there. I've got to make a better throw. Typically, he would say that. Yeah. There's a reason why he said. I think you're right. I thought we had a touchdown when I threw it. Because you only say that if you're set, like that to me is very clear. He knows I did my doing. job on that play. I put it. I put the ball up for him, for him to catch it. I think that's exactly right. And that's that's exactly how I because it is a touchdown. He 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 was going to beat Jeff Heath. You know. I I I honestly don't think that he would have scored a touchdown. Okay. I think he would have caught the ball and gotten tackled. Gotten tackled. Um, I just think that when Carson said that, um, I was like, there's. You know, this is one where I would read. I would read between the lines. Sometimes I think you don't read between the lines. This is worth reading between the lines just because it contrasts a lot of his previous public comments about similar plays. I think that's right. Now, uh, for his part, Nelson Aguilar said, uh, "I tried to get open. I was hauling tail to make a move on the safety, use the space that I had to run across the field, and I was running. And by the time I was trying to track it, the ball was already out of position." I wish I would have been able to get there, but I don't know what happened because it's two situations. I don't know if he was rushed or whatever, but we had enough field, and I was trying. I was just trying to get to it. I started to run to my landmark, and as I get closer, I'm seeing it low in traje- trajectory. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've defended Nelson a lot. Um, I think you got to get your hands up, though. Like that's the thing. You that's know, what is. Like you got to make a play. That on the ball. is exactly right. That's what is uh, jumping out to everybody is that he didn't even make a. He didn't, he didn't even make, make a play on the ball. Make an effort. Yeah. So I don't know. I think like there's the, a lot of uh, examples of players on the team not the making. The play an that happens in Atlanta down the sideline, you get on him because he dropped it, but like it wasn't like he, you know. Right. You couldn't say it was lack of effort. It was. It was just a. A mm-hmm. bad play. This here, you ask the question. You know, did did he slow down at the at, at the end? And um, I think it was it was pretty interesting. His former teammate Chris Long had a tweet. What you? He's got to catch it or or something. I'm need, need a catch there or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. No, wanna, I think that is telling. I don't want to misquote Chris. He said, "Got to have that catch." Got to have that catch. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Were there any positives in this game for the Eagles? Uh, Jake Elliott's still perfect. Well, no, he didn't even attempt a field goal. So early oh, he, he did. did attempt yeah, he a field goal. Did. Yeah, still perfect. Um, Craig James made a nice tackle yeah. when he came in for Jalen Mills. I actually <laughs> thought uh, Jalen Mills was probably the only positive. Yes. Had an no. interception, played fairly well, gave up a, gave up a one deep pass to Amari Cooper, but that was a good, good throw and catch. So uh, two interesting things with the cornerbacks tonight. Uh, Ronald Darby was active, did not play. Okay, coming back from a hamstring injury. Right. Get it. 
Sidney Jones yes. did not enter the game tonight. Did not enter the game. Not on the injury report all week. And when Jalen Mills uh, was taken out at the end of the game, Craig James played left corner, not Sidney Jones. Interesting. Very interesting. I think that's pretty notable. Very notable. Uh, and so I, it, it's something I didn't even address because I, I realized it when I looked at the box mm-hmm. score afterwards. Um, yeah, it, it, I mean, Andre Dillard, what did you think of the way he played? I watched Andre Dillard for most of this game. Uh, he was not great. He was not, you know, shambolic. He gave up one sack and uh, also the pressure on what turned out to be the roughing the passer on Carson Wentz. Uh, I mean, listen, he is not super strong at the point of attack right now. He's he is able to get bowled back by powerful guys who get inside his chest. Uh, but he is athletic. He, you know, he was he was up and down in this game, but I thought he was he was not the problem. I mean. This was not Lane Johnson's best game. Um, the offensive line has not been as good as it needs to be for this Eagles team. Nope. In general. Agreed. That's I mean, no one, no one on this team Look, has been as it, good as they need to be. And that's where, you know, the, the strength of this team is supposed to be along the lines, the offensive and defensive lines. The strength of the bison is in the herd, and the strength of the herd is in the bison. I thought it's the strength of the well, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I know the strength of the wolf is the pack, the strength of the pack is that that kind of thing. Um, but in any event, are we getting a call? No, uh, my, my flight leaves in <laughs> yeah. three oh, hours. Three, yeah, you three got hours. some time. I'm in gate twenty-two. Oh, so that's good. That's what's letting Asante me. Samuel. Yeah. Deuce, deuce. Yeah. Dab a deuce. Uh, so the prez. Um, no, if you're talking about where is this team getting older? Everywhere. <laughs> I mean, the offensive line and defensive lines are, are two spots where this team's getting older. Yeah, the secondary, I guess. The safeties, yeah. The I safeties. Mean, um, the wide receivers. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, was, at Doug, I was at Doug Peterson's press conference. Um, so, I, was, I, I, I can't say exactly what happened. But this is the first game I remember since Malcolm Jenkins got here in 2014. No, the, the New Orleans game last year, where he, where he didn't talk afterwards. Mm. No, I don't know if he wasn't approached or he just got dressed quickly. Yeah, I never saw him in the locker room. Yeah. but I, um, I was I was on the offensive side in the mm-hmm. early part of the locker room. So, but that's interesting to me because Malcolm didn't. Have, I mean, Malcolm had did not have a good game. He had two plays that really stood out. First got into it with Dak Prescott too. Yep. I mean, he the opening drive he got run over by Ezekiel Elliott. I guess no shame there, per se. I mean, Zeke is a tough runner when he gets downhill. But then he had a really costly penalty on a third and eight, was it? Yeah. Hands to the face. Which looked a ticky-tack. Yeah, so, um, but he was still flagged there. Yeah. And also, he's he's the guy I want to hear from after, after these games. I yeah. want to hear his take. So, I got into the locker room after Doug, went over to 27, hoping he was still there. And I saw the locker was cleaned out. And uh, I was I was surprised to hear that no one spoke to him. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't, I didn't get to talk to him. No, yeah, and I mean it's it's just so I I don't know if there's more to it. I, I don't know if yeah he because I know the New Orleans game last year he wasn't in the headspace where he wanted to right. to talk. Yeah. Tell me this, Zach. Uh, we play a game on Birds with Friends called Turkeys to Success. So I want you to go turkeys to failure here. Yep. You've got 100 turkeys to dole out. Yep. There's my yawn. I'm sorry. 100 turkeys to dole out on 
who is most responsible for the state of this Eagles team. And I want you to divvy them up between Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, Jim Schwartz, and the players as a whole. Well, most of them are the players. Um, it's a player's game, I feel like. I, I know people say it's a coach's game, but players got to execute. So 60 players. Or maybe I'll just get the players like a plurality instead because there's four options here. So, mm-hmm. so I'll go 40 players, 25 Doug, 25 Howie, 10 Jim. Okay. Um, maybe a little more Schwartz, but I think he's kind of harnessed in terms of personnel, and that's where I, I, I put Howie. Um, with, with Doug, I give him a little more because not just is he the offensive play caller, but he's, he's, he's the head coach. He's responsible for the messaging. And, look, in 2017, Doug pushed every button the right way. Um, everything he, he, you know, he, he knew the right buttons mm-hmm. to push. He tried a few buttons this week. And they didn't work. I mean, the Zach Brown release, now I don't know if it was Howie's idea. I don't know if Doug's idea. But the sense I got, and I think the sense you got too, is that was a message-sending move. That wasn't yeah. a move because, like, they thought their football team was going to be better because of it. That was a move because, like, someone needed to be collateral damage, and they chose a guy who is not a part of their future, who wasn't playing especially well, who you, you don't know if you can trust him. Um, Message wasn't sent there. The public comments on Monday on the, on the radio on WIP, even though I, I think they were overblown, I don't think he was guaranteeing victory. Um, I don't think Doug Peterson like says that by accident. I agree. Excuse me real quick. Your phone is out front. Do you want to go down Ooh, and get it? Yes. All right, put on pause. We'll pause. <laughs> Very exciting. Linda delivers, uh, you know, I think I, I, I'm so grateful, but I think she was pretty touched when I told her that she was, uh, you know, entered into the wing of honor. So. <laughs> Did you tell her that? <laughs> no, but oh. uh, I should have. She, what, a, what, a, what a lovely lady. And, uh, and she, she saw my phone background and said, what a, what a cute kid. So, you know, there oh, we go. that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. All good. So uh, maybe not all bad for, uh, <laughs> for, for a person with friends tonight. Um, where were we? We were talking about the turkeys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would give the plurality of the blame to Howie Roseman. Okay. I think the roster is his fault. Uh, I think that there are things that he should have seen coming. Agree. Agree wholeheartedly. Um, I would probably go something like 40 turkeys, Howie, you know, 35 turkeys, players, 30 turkeys, Doug. No, that's that's over a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so forty, thirty-five, twenty-four, and one for Jim Schwartz. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not letting Howie off the hook, so, so maybe I, I would change it too. I think I don't think Howie's Howie's done a particular. I do think that Doug. I mean, I do think that Doug does deserve yeah. a lot of blame. So I I'm, I I would actually probably want to adjust that more to like thirty-five, thirty-two, thirty-one, or something like that. Uh, because Doug is responsible for, as you said, the state, like, you know, getting these players to get up. Uh, not, I mean, they should be self-motivating as well. But uh, he's also responsible for an offense that has looked sluggish. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the lack of 
speed on the outside. That's certainly part of it. But, you know, you see, like, uh, people bring this up all the time, but you see, like, the Colts offense putting Jacoby Brissett in a position to succeed. Like, the Eagles have this stud quarterback, and they've got some weapons, and, they, and everything is still so difficult for Carson Wentz. So, so one thing I'm curious about, too, when you talk about Howie and Doug. So much for that special game plan I was expecting. Yeah, well, you're right. Although, although maybe they had it, and then yeah. they fell into the 14 nothing deficit. But I wonder, and, and there's no way of, of getting like an actual answer with this unless you have truth serum or um, you know, they're, they're really being honest with you off the record. But maybe we can get some kind of like leverage yeah. to uh, yeah. But some of these sentimental signings that they've had yeah. Um, whether it was Jason Peters, whether it was Darren Sproles, Darren Sproles, Darren like, Sproles, but like Boston Scott, you know, toot my own yeah. horn here, but he looks better than Darren Sproles. He yeah, has but, more juice, that's for sure. Um, and he was there the whole time. You're right. Um, I just wonder if if Doug's in the driver's seat there. Because okay, ha- that's a fair. Yeah, and I I don't know the answer to it, and I'm not letting Howie off the hook because I think Howie's made some, cool, some not more. It's not. Some, well, we know that Doug, wait, the, we know that Doug wanted Sproles. That was yeah. the story from last year. Um, I I just think that uh, I think Howie's probably better at being like detached emotionally with some of these moves. Yeah. Than, than Doug well, and is. that's also the way that you have to set it up from the player's perspective, it, right? Exactly. So. Um, so maybe Doug wants the left tackle that he trusts, you know, and wants, wants this versatile running back that he trusts. Um, I mean, Doug, during the combine, it was Doug who was like effusive about Nelson, like wanted Mm -hmm. Nelson, um, really believed in Nelson. Uh, maybe Howie looks at, I, I don't know the answer. And by saying this, it's almost like I'm letting Howie off the hook, which I don't want to be the case. But it's um, true that we don't know how that's divvied yeah, up. But, but it is Howie's job to... No, exactly. Right. I agree. I, I just think because Doug is the one who's working with them every day, some of the decisions to re-sign players, mm-hmm. I think, could be coming from from Doug. And I, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just, yeah, that's just fair. speculating. Because and, these are Doug's guys. Okay. These are Doug's guys that they want. Well, it's also on Howie to, to just for no reason Absolutely. guarantee Alshon Jeffrey's contract for next season. No, and, and really... The guy the, looks like Jason Witten out there. It's like the only reason you do that is if you're trying to open up some cap space for this year. But right. what are you opening up that cap? I mean, maybe at the time he thought that, well, that was before Jalen Ramsey even hit the market. Right. But... Do you think do you think we're going to see a move here? Well, it's interesting. They're, I mean, they're in a spot now where maybe, you know, can you afford to, to yeah, that's play where, win now? Like, that's where someone needs to step in and say... It's like the conversation we had last Tuesday with Shield. That's on Jeffrey Leary. Are they closer to the 15th pick or are they closer to the 30th pick? Yeah. Maybe you you have a conversation. Let's be sellers. Could be the ninth pick. Yeah. Like, like you know, and I'm not saying cash in the year, but some of these guys who aren't going to be with you next year, maybe you see if you, if you can get a draft pick for them. You know, like if if you're not going to keep Halapuli Vati Vantai. Well, um, you should definitely. I mean, they should have already yeah, sold him. Um then maybe you don't need him as, as your extra guard, you know, as your reserve guard, extra tight end. Um, you, you, you go on to some other spots. If, if they're not going to keep a certain player, maybe you look to move them. I have seen some speculation, like not, not uh, reported speculation, but fan speculation. Would you, would you trade Zach Ertz? 
No. I don't think I would either. I, I see the logic behind it, but I don't think that I would. I don't. I think that's a bad message. I mean, Nelson Aguilar is a guy. Now, I don't know what you're going to get for Nelson. I mean, I, I would send Nelson Aguilar away for a seventh-round pick. You know, a, a team like the Raiders who, who, who needs receivers. If, if you've decided you're not going to have Nelson on your team next year, then the, now you've got to kind of commit to playing 12 personnel as, as your base offense. Zach Ertz being your slot That's what they're doing receiver. anyway. But that's, that's fine. Um, you, you, you guys got you a linebacker? Down the list. I, I mean, the guy who I would look to trade is, is Josh McCown. Um, oh, that's interesting. Now, I don't know what kind of agreement they have with him in terms of coming out of retirement, yeah. but I got to think. That's a fun like, one. Like, it, it just strikes me as odd that you have three quarterbacks active. You know, that, like, <laughs> yeah. like I think, I, I got I, I to imagine. I bet there's, a, I bet, no, I actually think there's a market for Sudfeld, potentially. Maybe so, but if you want Sudfeld back as your backup. Yeah. Like, uh, if, if there's a team that, that, just been ravaged with quarterback injuries this year. Steelers? Yes. Just, you know, that, 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 that could want a guy like that. I yeah, I guess there's not so much of a market for a McCown. But. No, but... And I think you're probably right. That I, I, I'm sure that he is not willing to really go anywhere. But that's an interesting one. But I'm just looking at, at, at guys who you're like, all right, he's not going to be here next year. It's still early. Now, now, the Eagles are one game back. I wrote in our game preview... In our cheat sheet, that um, credit to you, you picked the Cowboys. Yes, but I picked it because of Amari Cooper, and I don't think Cooper well, was. But I, I, I mean, Cooper had a hundred plus yards, and they couldn't stop him. Um, but, uh, but he had I over a hundred yards in this game. What's that? He had over a hundred yards. Yeah. That's it. That was a quiet hundred yards. I didn't think it was very quiet. I thought like he was just he was so good. He was that was worth the first round pick. That was. I mean, would you rather have Andre Dillard or Amari Cooper on your team right now? Um, I'd rather have a young defensive end. <laughs> okay. I'd rather have Brian Burns. Okay. That would require you to get up into the teens. Well, they could have done that. Yeah. Um, That's what I was calling for. <laughs> sure. So, uh, anyway, uh, uh, it's, it's getting late. I, I lost my train. Oh, yeah. So, I, I said going into this game, it's not make or break. Still a game yeah, back. The season's I, not over. I still thought week 16 would, would, would be kind of the division... They have a week end of the schedule, but, I mean, listen. But the way they're playing, it's hard to think that they're a serious contender. They could be three and six in two weeks yes. heading into the bye. They've got the Bills next week in Buffalo. Buffalo's five and, up, five and one. They've got a very good defense. Sean McDermott's going to be out for blood against uh, his <laughs> former be, team. Yes. Uh, and then they've got the Bears at home. And, you know, Mr. Biscuit stinks, but. That's a team that's in trouble. Yeah. Maybe they, want, has, maybe they want Josh McCown. Yeah, that's Get him true. back. That's true. That's true. I don't know. So let me ask you the question since you were asking in the locker room. Is this a bad game or is this a bad team? I think this is a bad team right now. Um, I thought last week was a bad loss. I thought last week was a bad day. I think today was a sign of a bad team. It doesn't mean they're going to be. They're going to finish the season. They're going to finish the season as a bad team, but I think right now they're a bad team. And they don't do anything well. No, that's that's the thing. What are they? they some, really good they at? sometimes stop the run well. Yeah. So the only thing I could say is is that they're good at penalties. <laughs> they are. When Deshaun is back, when Deshaun is back, perhaps 
everything's a little different in terms of the offense, in terms of the shape of the yeah. offense. I think that's true, and I think you know they deserve to be faulted for building the team that way. But in terms of results, if they get him back, that will that will change the shape of the offense. What do you what do you got? Are you distracted? No, I'm sorry. I, I got a uh, reminder about my my uh, car pickup. Oh, yes, nice. It's it's in like an hour. So okay. Yeah. Well, I've got you till then. <laughs> I, I still need to pack up and shower. And, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Cowboys eight for fourteen and on third down third in this game. Yeah, and that doesn't even include the penalties. Okay. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think there were two penalties that, that extended drives. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and several of those were were long third downs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I mean there were also there were also sort of myriad examples of this team just being unprepared in, in this game tonight. They, they, there was an injury timeout. They sent 10 men on the field on defense. Then at the end of the first half, before that 63-yard yep. field goal, they call timeout because they're not ready t- to block the field goal. And then after the timeout, they send uh, – I'm sorry, the 12 – they yep. sent 12 on the field after the injury timeout earlier. The field goal they sent 10 on, including Rudy Ford all the way back. And then some guy comes sprinting on it right before the snap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rudy Ford, his second straight special teams penalty backing up the offense. Negating a uh, Boston Scott punt return. Um, I have a question for you. Let's hear it. Run defense. Yeah. Um, exposed tonight, five yards of carry, 180 yards total or thereabouts. Uh, just a bad night for them going up against a good running offense? Or do you think, like, without Nigel Bradham, I know you were down on Zach Brown, but, but that, like, this is with these linebackers – Run defense is a concern. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's uh, this is the best running team they face. And, you know, Kamu and Nate Gary is not the stoutest group of run defenders mm-hmm. that, that is out there. So and that's where, I think it's a little bit of both. And that, and that I blame Howie because that's organizational neglect. Yeah, it is. Like that position is organizational. Like, yeah, it is. You can say you don't value it, but I but think like, it is. I mean, I think it is less important. But no, I agree. But but like I think it's a combination because it's it, it, they neglected that and the defensive line. Yes, but they. I mean, and look, I'm I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna harp on the Jordan Hicks thing because he because we saw him on TV today. But I'm simply pointing out that. The players they kept from last year's team are like the 30-year-old pluses. You know, it's, it's Brandon Graham, Jason Peters, Darren Sproles. They let go of like their 26-year-old. Yeah. And, and you can't even say injuries because it's not like Jason Peters and Darren Sproles have been like a beacon of health. Right. Now, you can say – I guess the only thing you can say is that we have a certain price point for linebackers. He was being paid more than we were willing to go, and I get it. But then where are you allocating the, those uh, resources? I guess you invested in your defensive line. You signed Malik Jackson. You signed Brandon Graham. But you know where it's you know where it's it's you know relatively simple to get a cheap linebacker. The draft, the fifth round of the draft. Mm-hmm. But instead, you take a Clapton Thorpin, and see you later. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, that's a, that's that's a valid point. I just think like. If you look where they spent their money this offseason, and the Malik Jackson injury you can't control. He doesn't have, like, a serious 
injury history. Okay. Yeah, but I don't think but, that that was. No, but, I don't think that was yeah, great. No, no. But I'm saying Ronald Darby. You bring back Ronald Darby. Right. You bring back come Jason off Peters. an ACL. Yeah, you you bring back Darren Sproles, and like all three of these guys get hurt. Is this supposed to be surprising? No, absolutely not. That's the whole. That's the whole thing. And Deshaun Jackson, like, yeah, you you had to enter the season knowing that he was going to miss time. Maybe you expected a little bit less time than he's missed, but he was never going to play 16 games. Be real with yourself. Uh, yeah, it's ugly. They ain't got no alibi. Nope. What do you think of the Cowboys? I was impressed. Um, I was I was really impressed. I thought that uh, I, I mean Ezekiel Elliott. The Eagles haven't beaten the Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott in the lineup. Um, Is that right? Yeah. Uh, he he changes the game for them. Uh, he puts them in third and manageable situations. I I I, I thought Dak did, did a good job. I thought Dak played well yeah. tonight. The the defensive line plays well, um, but I, I just think Amari Cooper changes everything. Like uh, he's just he's so good. His route running is so good. Um, you look at his history against the Eagles now. I think he has he has five touchdowns in his last three games against the Eagles. Oh really? Including or, the including the Raiders know. game at the end of twenty seventeen. Yeah, no, it's probably six uh, six touchdowns in his last four games. Is that right? Because he scored four me. touchdowns against the Eagles last season, I believe. He scored four touchdowns in that he game? He scored three in the game here. Okay. And then he's, I think he scored one in the game in Philly. Oh. And he scored a touchdown tonight. He okay. scored a touchdown with the Raiders. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, That's pretty good. But a really good player. Really good player. Yeah, yeah, we know. You love, you love, a, you love a guy who was good in college. I love a guy who's good in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> um... What else do we have? It's now 4.30 in the morning, East Coast time. As we Can loiter. I give you some quotes from the game? Please do. Because I found, I, I, look, a lot of the guys didn't back off this, this, this one. And I, I know we're a family podcast, so I will clean it up. But if you go to The Athletic, you can read. I use the actual quote because we're okay. allowed to curse on The Athletic. Uh, f- from Orlando Skandrick, who mm. was great to talk to. Um, really honest, uh, experienced player. We and, of can't... course, one of two players in the NFL with the word and in both his first and, and last names. And that as well, yes. Yeah. We came in here tonight, and they bleeping ran us out of the stadium today. You have to tip your hat to them. They had answers to the test tonight. Um, but then he went on. Uh, beep, you are uh, – uh, I'm sorry. Beep, you are what you are. We're a bad team right now. We're not playing good. We are what we put on film, but just because you're a bad team today doesn't mean you're going to be a bad team tomorrow. Everybody's going to want to bury us, rightfully so. We put some bad stuff on film tonight. Teams are probably licking their chops. Can't wait to play them. Uh, From Zach Ertz, tonight we were a bad team. He referenced the Saints game last year. It's it's going to seem like the sky's falling. He was, was, uh, I thought, visibly... Mm Uh, upset at the state of the team. Lane which Johnson. I have to say, I did not find to be the case throughout the locker room. Nope. nope. Um, uh, Lane Johnson. Ultimately, if the, if, if the players here can't do it, they will find somebody else. That's right. It's always in the back of everybody's mind. 
moving forward, it's a kill or be killed world. Mm, that's good news for Carson Wentz. <laughs> Speaking of turkeys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so interesting. Interesting post-game locker room. Uh, what's your prediction on the Eagles' record when they enter the bye in two weeks? They've got at Buffalo and then home against the Bears. Yeah, so I said five and four. Listen, you were right to take uh, four and four <laughs> when I offered that to you earlier. Um, I said five and four before this started here. Uh, I'm going to say four and five. I think they split their next two. I think that's. I think that's probably right. I mean, if it's three and six, they're really leaving themselves no margin yeah, for it. Because then you've got the Patriots. Because you have the Patriots, the Seahawks. The Cowboys again, yeah. Um, and like it's not a given you're gonna beat the Giants twice. Um, I, don't know. I mean, I did watch a little bit of that Giants game. No, today. I think the Eagles are better, but 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 the Eagles. Have, Danny Dimes, yeah, more like uh, Danny Pennies. Am I right? I feel pretty confident they're gonna beat Washington and <laughs> <in> Miami. <laughs> but um, so that's uh, no. If if you lose these next two, then then you have no margin for error. No margin for error. Yeah, I mean, if they lose the next two games, pack it up. Mm-hmm. See you later. We start working on uh, draft content. Yeah, some of my features won't. Here's my here, here's another lie. question. Yes. You know, we on Friday we talked about the uh, the anonymous source stuff. Do you think that this locker room is near the point of uh, fracture? I don't. Um, I don't. I, I don't think this locker room is any different than losing locker rooms. Um, I, I've I've been around. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't. Um, no, I, I didn't make as big a deal about the anonymous quotes as some others did. But I I think what you'll see. What I'm curious is if this goes south. I think you start seeing some changes in lineups, some playing time changes, and what, then I what think what changes are there even to be made, though? Um, well, it's a good I question. mean, seriously. Well, I mean, let me ask you this: if if you're three and six, let's say, or yeah. even four and six, okay, do you even put Jason Peters back in there? Like, like, why do you need Jason yeah. Peters on you? You know, at left tackle. I, I know he's a future Hall of Famer. Because you don't have a choice because he tells great, you he wants to yeah, play. Right. But my point is, like, yeah. for your team, you need to see if Andre, like, you need to see Andre Dillard. I think that's probably right. Like, decisions like Same that. Same about Arthega Whiteside, right? Yeah, th- yeah, exactly. Decisions like that. Um, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd be real curious about. I mean, you, you talk about players that you're going to trade. Um, I'm not saying they should do this because he's, he's, he's really he's been one of their best players. And he's only twenty four years old, but Jordan Howard, if if you're not going to keep him, yeah, um, like, yeah. Although I don't know if Miles Sanders has shown enough to be your top back, yeah. But I'm saying no, but Boston Scott probably has. <laughs> but these are all questions, you know, that that I don't think the Eagles want to ask themselves. But if it gets to that point, yeah, no, I think that's fair. All right. Do you think so, we're not hard enough on the defense? No, I think like we were plenty on, hard on enough Jim on the defense. Schwartz. We were plenty hard enough on the defense. By the way, well, uh, the Eagles' total offensive yards tonight was what? Two. 
83. So I lost that bird's line because this is being posted well after that. Mm. <laughs> yes. Um, where have all the cowboys gone? Do, 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 do. We're still live, right? Like, we're still on, right? Yeah, we're still on. Okay. Because <laughs> I want to be a cowboy, baby. Running through some cowboy songs. Yes, I'm. I'm aware. You're you're really liking to push the clock here, right? You're just that's the fun. Uh, that's the fun part. <laughs> what do you think of this? What do you think of that stupid looking pillow on that couch there? Uh, it's trendy, right? Yeah, yeah. we we're, we're uh, by the time this by the time this is uh, posted, it's probably safe to reveal where we're staying. We're staying in an A loft. Is is it like not safe otherwise? Are people gonna? Well. Yeah, I mean, I think it is probably yeah. safe, but yeah, I agree. With that. Uh, yeah, I think we decided a little, a little too trendy for our taste. Yeah, it was fine. I don't need, a, I don't need like a, a comic uh, a pillow on the. It was a good location. Yeah. Sundance clean Square room. Got yeah, that's uh, really yeah. all you can ask for, right? Yeah, Sunday Square in Fort Worth has has a hotel pet peeve of mine. Okay. Um, and I like I have nothing against, uh, like I I believe in we should save the environment and all that. I I, I get all that. Okay, but I don't like this. This we thing. Gonna go on plastic straws or something like that. No, where they have the the soap and the shampoo in the um, thing in the shower as a dispenser. As, yes, as yeah. opposed to the bottles. As opposed to the bottles, mm. I I want a sealed bottle. <laughs> <laughs> you don't trust, yeah. I mean, not that I don't trust, but it's just like you don't know how long it's been sitting. Yeah, there. but those sealed bottles are just refillable anyway. You think so? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, there's some of them. Yeah. Okay. They can be. I don't think that. I don't think they're giving you. Uh... It depends on the place you go to. Okay, but yeah, the uh, the dispensers don't love the dispensers. Okay, well, so you're on the record as uh, hating the environment. <laughs> no, it's not That's that at good. all. I, I I I read an article in the journal in, in the Wall Street um, in the in the Wall Street Journal about the. Uh, you really are anti-environment. Why? Because you're reading the Wall Street Journal. I'm good. <laughs> that 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 uh, hotel chains are like by 2020 are switching to the dispensers because of the and mm. because of the the environmental impact. And I I'm sure that, that it's more because it saves them money. Probably. So. I'm they sure that that yeah they may say it's the, for the environment. Yeah, That's probably why they get rid of desks yeah. too, right? Yeah, they're saving for the environment. Uh-huh. I'm sure that that's a cost saving thing for them. But. Uh, they have that in this hotel, the dispensers. Yeah, I do prefer. Uh, you feel a little bit fancier with a with your own bottle. It's not a matter of just fancier. You just feel like a little cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. You don't ever want the. You never want to break the social contract of a hotel room and be reminded that there have been other people in this room, like <laughs> very recently. And that's. <laughs> yes. That's the disconcerting part. You yeah. want to act like you're the only person who's ever stayed here, and and will. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, actually, no. I said absolutely. I, I don't agree with that. I understand intellectually. What he, yeah, what yeah, but you don't want. Is. But you want. You need that cognitive dissonance. You don't want to be. You don't want like a, like a like a toenail on the. Or yeah, yeah. Or something left in the trash yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. I I I I have had a few uh, um, things over the years that have that have come up. Anything pop to mind? Yes, but. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta tell us now. I, I'm calling it out. I was. Uh, 
I was at the BWI Marriott. Ooh, okay. Um, after the uh, the 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 Washington um, Seattle playoff game when RG three got hurt. Okay. Okay. Uh, it was actually the night that Chip Kelly announced he was going to stay at Oregon. Okay. Um, we saw how that turned out. Right. Uh, but late game, stayed at at the BWI Marriott after, afterwards. Checked into my room late, and there was a reminder in the room of, <laughs> of a couple that had fun before. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I called down to the front desk. <laughs> I don't know if I should be revealing this. I called down to the front desk. Oh and listen, I, I, got, I got some bonus points for that. <laughs> got a new room and bonus they points. They give you a new room? A new room and bonus okay. points. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. You got to get a new room for yes. that. Yes, yes. <laughs> should we edit that out? Or no, we... that's fine. Yeah. I thought you couched it well enough. Okay. All right. All right. Wow. Yeah, that's a good. That's a, that's a probably a good a good way. That's to... a story I, I would only tell on at four thirty in the yeah, morning. Four thirty in the morning. Yeah. Right. One. Birds with friends after hours. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> all right. I like that. That's funny. Uh, all right. I feel bad that I named the hotel though. No, you shouldn't feel bad that. about that. They deserve to be. They deserve, I, you no, got your cause, points. Because they were very, they were nice there. But yeah, but, but I mean that's their mistake. That it very much was their mistake. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was no doubt about that. <laughs> there was, I, I mean, there was probably a housekeeper who, who got a, a stern talking to after that one. I feel bad, but yeah. <laughs> the yeah. cognitive dissonance that you yeah. talk about, totally out the window. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> you can't be lying in those sheets. <laughs> um, all right. Do you think that there's any chance that the Doug Peterson-Howie Roseman marriage does not extend beyond this season? I've learned to never say never. Um I think it, I, I I don't see it uh, not extending. Uh, so maybe a very slight chance if things really go south here. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, I I think that this is a a good situation for Doug. I don't think Doug wants personnel control somewhere else. Uh, so un- unless it gets to a point where it's like. Unless there's a power struggle, which which we've seen here with every coach who's 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 been here before Doug, um, yes. Unless there is a power struggle, I don't see it based on record for either one of them occurring. So it it, it would need to be a power struggle. Okay, well, I think that's possible. I mean, it's happened every single. You know, I mean, happened with yes. Chip, happened with Andy. This was before Howie was. Well, even when no, with yeah. with Howie, yeah. Um, you know, happened before. You know, happened with uh, Ray Rhodes when he got personnel control. Um, actually, the, the it, so Doug Peterson is Jeffrey Lurie's fourth coach, and he's the first one that Lurie hasn't given personnel control to, and the first three he gave personnel control to within the first three years. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, but you're also discounting Pat Shermer's. Uh, storied reign as Eagles head coach. <laughs> I am. That's the interim. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Which I think he was given personal control for that one week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. That is true. He was proud of that game. Yeah. 
Nobody will win you a Week 17 game like, like Pat Shermer. That, that, that forced them to do the double jump, as, as you wrote about well. Oh, that's the, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to, yeah. To get Carson. You're right. All right. I should probably let you get ready for your flight. Thank you. And I've got to write. It was a good rhyme, right? Okay. Well, the Eagles lose uh, a lot to a little and uh, 37 to 10. Played terribly against a team that played well. They were completely outclassed, and they now have to prove that they are not a bad team and that this was just a string of bad games. But right now they are a bad team. So they've got, they've got a lot of work to do. And uh, right now, as a viewing experience, they are uh, pretty terrible for Eagles fans. So we'll see if they can fix that a little bit going up to Buffalo next week for a game against the Bills. For Zach and Sheil, who wanted to uh, bring up Doug Peterson's book, Fearless, in relation to his coaching in this game. And he'll have some takes to unload on Tuesday. I'm Bo, and as always, we love you. friends.